Welcome to the Wellness Journey podcast from the St. John Bionni Center. I'm Dr. Mariette Danilo, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to journey with you through these challenging times and to hopefully provide you with information that will help sustain you. Our podcasts are aimed at keeping you healthy in mind, body, and spirit. This is Podcast 30. The title of today's podcast is The Road to Wellness, an interview with Megan Dunn and Lisa Rossi. Well, good morning. We have with us today uh, two um, very special people from the St. John Vianney Center, Lisa Rossi, who is our physical therapist, and Megan Dunn, who is our occupational therapist. So welcome, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. So could you tell the listeners a little bit about your background and experience in your fields? Sure. I graduated from the University of the Sciences in Philadelphia in 1989 with my master's degree in physical therapy. Over the course of the last 30 plus years, I've worked in a variety of treatment settings. I was a traveling physical therapist. I worked in home care, outpatient orthopedics, acute care, rehab, long-term care, just to name, I guess, a few. In 19, I'm sorry, in 2010, I'm still in the 1900s here. In 2010, (laughs) I I began my employment at St. John Vianney Center on a part-time basis as their physical therapist. And I was fortunate enough to be able to transition to a full-time position in 2018 as an enhancement to the facility's holistic approach to care. Hi, this is Megan. I uh, actually graduated from Temple University um, with my bachelor's degree in psychology, which I have found to be uh, very helpful and beneficial uh, with working at St. John Vianney Center. I earned my master's degree in occupational therapy from Salis University. I, like Lisa, um, also have experience working in a multitude of settings, uh, such as short-term rehabilitation, long-term rehabilitation, and pediatrics. Um, I've been with the center uh, since 2019. Oh, you're very qualified, the ladies. Um, But, you know, many times people get confused between occupational and physical therapists. Can you can you tell us a little bit about what are the main roles of occupational and physical therapists? Well, the main role of a physical therapist is looking at the body and working on functional mobility skills. Uh, I've worked with a variety of residents here, ranging from problems with general deconditioning to residents who've actually had total knees or total hip replacements just prior to becoming a resident at St. John Vianney Center. And unfortunately, they weren't able to finish their rehabilitation with their physical therapist at home prior to coming. I've had residents that experienced joint pain or muscular pain, mobility restrictions, balance problems, strength deficits. I've also worked with residents here who have actually come in in a wheelchair, have had such deconditioning and strength deficits that they've come in in a wheelchair and we work with them. Uh, There's been residents with falls and we've had to help progress them 
to whatever assistive device that they might need to keep them safe and from, from not falling again and injuring themselves. As part of our treatment intervention here, Megan and I focus on residents' specific ministry goals that they would have, such as activities of genuflection. Some residents come and they say that they're unable to genuflect anymore. They just have to bow because they don't have the strength or flexibility or confidence to genuflect anymore. We've had residents here who I've actually worked with to help be able to give out communion by themselves. They came with a cane and they weren't able to stand and hold a chalice so they could give out communion to their congregation. And uh, let me see, uh, another one that's, that's a main one here is that we're finding is during mass, we've had some residents that have been unable to stand during the times of mass that call for standing for different reasons, whether it's pain, deconditioning, mobility problems. So we've come, we've come a long way with what we, we do here in physical therapy and actually in occupational therapy for our residents. And um, as an occupational therapist, um, I incorporate the residents' valued occupations or activities of interest into the rehabilitation process. Um, these occupations or meaningful activities can range from anywhere from, you know, basic activities of daily living, such as going to the bathroom or showering or, you know, grooming, brushing your teeth, brushing your hair. That's basic activities. And then it ranges from that to other activities such as, you know, what makes up who you are as far as, you know, the people we work with at St. John Vianney, it's clergy religious members, but these people aren't just that. They also have other um, interests and in what makes them, you know, who they are, such as, you know, they could be a tennis player or they could uh, be into crafting or cooking or music. So we really take a big, uh, a big look at the holistic picture on what is meaningful to that person and how can we go about to getting those functions back, you know, to make them uh, as successful as possible. Um, another aspect of OT that many are not aware of is that OT also works on uh, cognitive deficits. So anyone who has early set onset dementia, ADHD, executive functioning problems, memory issues, we really come up with a plan of care uh, to address those issues. Um, we generally, like a lot of things, don't think about our daily occupations until we have trouble doing them. And uh, my treatment really focuses on helping these residents develop or regain the skills needed uh, for daily tasks so they can function independently or return to the highest level of function possible, as well as being able to return to their desired leisure activities, whatever those might be. So obviously the quality of life is impacted. That's a wonderful thing. Um, let me ask a question about what you consider to be, what is, how is your profession valuable to our residents at St. John Vianney Center during their assessments or while receiving residential treatment? Well, in the religious life, we have found that prioritizing others before self can result in a lack of self-care and that individuals neglect their own needs. Therefore, Lisa and I come up with plans of care to really get them back to focusing on themselves. And having PT and OT services on site, and I wanna say again, on site, 
we're very passionate about this, <laughs> enables our residents to focus on their treatment goals and attend various meetings or individual counseling sessions without the interruption of leaving the facility for an appointment. Uh, let's go back to a resident who had a total knee replacement right before they came here. If we didn't have our services on site, that resident, number one, might not even be able to be here for an assessment that is needed. Or if they came, they would have to leave and go to a, an offsite PT or OT for continuation of their needs status post their surgery. Also, uh, since this is an, uh, a time with the COVID, in-house services are also beneficial for those obvious reasons, because we can keep everything contained in our building. Since we are an adjunct to the resident's main care team, since we're on site, we can work closely with the psychology department, continuing care, their spiritual advisors, our registered dietitian, and the medical team to create the best individualized plans, taking into consideration how the mind, body, and spirit are connected. Oh my goodness. And speaking of mind, body, spirit, you know, in education and in everything we do, we try to emphasize the fact that mind, body, and spirit work synergistically um, to create the human experience. So, uh, so how is the mind, body, spirit philosophy connected to what you offer our residents? Well, as the subject of the mind, body, spirit uh, and, and its connection here, we have described self-care and it's if you look on the internet, it's been well documented, described as the physical, emotional, and spiritual equivalent of automobile maintenance. Okay, so here we are in our car. And if we get into our car and you turn on the engine and you see check engine light comes on, or air pressure, tire pressure, or if you hear a clunk clunk in your car, if you're thinking that you can have that clunk clunk clunk, 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 clunk on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, what's going to happen if you don't take care of that as far as normal maintenance, paying attention to those sounds? Are we going to be able to uh, make it to our trip? Is our car going to break down on the side of the road? Or are we going to have a costly repair job? So what it comes down to is realizing that we as human beings will eventually break down without the proper maintenance in mind, body, and spirit. And going off what uh, Lisa said, um, as we all know, religious life has considerable demands on time and energy, resulting in less emphasis on self-care, including participating in regular physical activity, um, prioritizing physical health through eating healthy and exercising, as we know, helps in handling stress. It can help in handling anxiety, depression, and other physical illnesses. Better health and fitness help to boost overall mood, which in turn could make it easier to tune into your spiritual life and other aspects you know, of your life. If you want to live your life the best way possible and sustain this level of commitment, then I really think you have to ask yourself the question, how can I continue to be successful if I'm only going to give myself the remnants of what is left of my day? And uh, Lisa and I really push forward the um, the mantra of being physically fit 
is important to aid in the ability to handle the demands of ministry to carry on God's work for the, what they call it, the long haul. Mm -hmm. hmm. We often talk in education about guarding the temple, which means that in order to protect our missions and our ministries, we need to do these things. I mean, you need to pay attention to things like exercise and movement, and it all does, uh, does indeed uh, matter in the long haul. Um, and, and let me tell you, as someone who has worked uh, her whole tenure in prevention, it's a tough sell. People, sometimes people wait until the last minute before they'll you know, get help and they let the, you know, the, the uh, engine stall. <laughs> so we don't want that. We don't, we yeah. don't want, we don't want to see people, you know, at that point. So I, I'm going to ask you something. I would be wondering um, if, if I was considering um, the St. John Vianney Center, and that is, do most people improve over time? Do you see improvement? Well, yes, we do. Uh, there, there, first of all, there are many different standardized tests. Myself as a physical therapist and Megan is an OT that we use to help gauge our residents' current level of whether it be mobility, self-care, strength, balance, or cognition. Uh, we use the assessments as a reliable tool to track the residents' progress through their plan of care, which will assist in modifying their goals as needed. And thankfully, most residents um, do, as Lisa said, show improvements. Um, they achieve their therapy goals. Our residents are made aware that we are the passengers um, in this journey and they are the drivers. Therefore, we can show them the path or direction to take to achieve their therapy goals. However, self-motivation and consistency with the program, I think is key to really achieving those goals. So if they are the driver, they make the ultimate decision to follow the path or directions we've given them to get where they want to be. That's our overall, or what we overall really want for them is for them to be the driver and make it consistent. Hmm. So they have to own it. They have to they have, have to own that it. sense of agency it. and that the boundary is that you do your job and they do theirs. That's, uh, that's so true. Uh, do you think, are, are clients nervous uh, knowing that they're being evaluated for progress in these different areas? Do they get a little nervous? Um, I really haven't found, as far as for physical therapy, and I, I think Megan can speak to this too, I, I really haven't found our, our residents being nervous. I, maybe it's our approach, maybe it's our cheery personalities, I don't know, during our evaluation, but uh, they, they know, they know what we're checking and, uh, you know, not, not every, every day is a dream, let's say with us, with, with having to do certain things, but we, we try to approach them. I mean, I, I actually, as a physical therapist, um, I've told my res my residents, you know, over the court and my patients in the past, over the course of 30 years, I, I'm going to treat you like I would want to be treated myself or if one of my family members was um, in a facility or needed physical therapy. So that's, that's how we approach them. And, and I think going back to how we make these plans individualized, mm -hmm. we really focus on what is important to them. So you do see, um, you know, excitement and, uh, them looking forward to achieving these goals and working on what we're working on because it's very specific to what is meaningful to them. 
is, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we try to make the goals and adjust the goals so that they are attainable goals. And we, you know, everyone will see a result hopefully by the end of treatment. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very important. Realistic, attainable goals. Very important. And, you know, the reason I had you to uh, interview this morning was because I, I do notice, and I'm not just saying this, um, I really sincerely mean it. I don't say this gratuitously, is that you really care about the patients. And we get um, responses all the time from our patients that the staff really cared about me. You're, you're very um, empathetic and you're um, caring. Um, but, you know, you, you do uh, require um, some, uh, some agency from the, the, the uh, resident. So it's, you know, you really do, in my opinion, a, just a wonderful job. And it sounds like you really improve the quality of life for our clients. But my next question is, is it sustainable? What happens when they get back home and all the old cues are there, the televisions there, the, the chips, the, the other people who are discouraging their activity, um, but you two can't go home with them, obviously. Um, what happens then? Well, as far as sustainability, with this being a holistic approach in the mind, body, spirit, all aspects here, we have plans to um, help residents to be successful once they leave, whether it's in the spiritual realm, the mental health realm, and us, the body realm here. So residents receive a home exercise program while they're here. We try to have them follow through with some exercises while they're here, and we continue to develop the program because what they might start with in the beginning might not be what they need to do when they go home. We also discuss what type of uh, facility or housing, or if they have a, a gym available for them when they leave. And some residents are fortunate enough to have a pool on campus. So we try to gear their home program to have them be successful when they go home and utilize what they have when they go home. Also, besides that, we have them think about what's the next step. You know, they might leave here and they might just have their little home program, but as they start to get better or feeling better, you know, maybe they might have a little bit of a a shoulder uh, pain when they're still leaving, but it's significantly improved, but they want to play tennis again. So we talk to them about activities that they can progress to, you know, once they leave. Uh, very interesting is we've had some residents that have left and then through the continuing care coordinators that they talk to, or sometimes they uh, join us in an alumni association, or they'll even come back for what's called a, a, a well visit check. They've actually said, oh, I was, I was able to run a marathon. I'm like, run a marathon? <laughs> you, you hated walking. What do you mean you're running a marathon? And, and once they've, once they've uh, realized that they get to phase one, then they say, hey, I could do that. And, and what else did I enjoy in life? And it's not just about running a marathon. I mean, some residents have come back and they say that they're, they're hiking through um, the parks now in, in their state or just something simple as I'm crocheting again. Little things like that. And, and that's what really, that, that brings a smile to our face. Uh, it just, it means so much to us that they were able to sustain what we taught them while they were here. As again, we're the only the passengers and we can only give them our advice and some tools, but and, unless they get in the car, drive it and do that check engine light when it needs to be checked, it, it's not gonna be sustainable. 
not so little changes, right? Not so little. Um, and we don't just wave goodbye. Uh, so there are opportunities to, for continuing care to, uh, for them to check in with continuing care. And, the, and by the way, the people in continuing care are just wonderful as well. Um, and mm -hmm. the Alumni Association. So they get to, if they've bonded with others and they, they it's sort of good to have uh, people who have like buddies who have been there with you and you stay in touch with them. And, and then you don't forget those, uh, the principles and the, the strategies uh, that you were taught. You know, it's just easier to, to uh, sustain uh, those changes. That's, that's very good. That's good news. Um, so we're running out of time, but I wanted to ask uh, each of you, if you have, do each of you have a special memory to share of someone you helped along the way? Well, Megan and I uh, have, we were, we were actually talking about this the other day. It's funny they asked this question. Megan and I have many special memories of uh, residents that have come and gone. And uh, actually one of my favorite memories is, is a resident that was here for inpatient, uh, you know, residential treatment. And uh, this resident really worked the program. He started out considering himself as an uncoordinated person with no balance skills, who never ever participated in physical exercise or sports, but was realizing how um, his lack of being physical and participating in things was starting to affect his ministry. So he had became, became, became very, very motivated to improve his overall health and fitness level. And as he started to see small changes, he actually began to inspire other residents with his enthusiasm for fitness and overall health. He prided himself on reversing his diagnosis of prediabetes and was discharged with this newfound desire to exercise. Uh, during a revisit to the facility on a routine wellness check, which I had mentioned before, this former resident spoke to me. Uh, he had a little sparkle in his eye telling me that he is a changed man and now feels physically fit, something he thought he would never, ever say. Those words would never come out of my mouth before. And he actually said, all thanks to our facility, the entire facility, and its holistic approach to mind, body, and spirit. Oh boy, that's music to my ears. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like Lisa said, uh, we have so many special memories with the residents that come to St. John Vianney Center. It's very uh, hard to pick one, but um, one that stands out for me is that I had a resident who came to the facility. He was wheelchair bound. Um, he had difficulty with just the basic activities of daily living, such as showering, toileting, dressing. Um, this resident had very little strength and endurance, um, but thankfully, after a lot of hard work, he ended up becoming completely independent um, with those daily tasks. And it, in addition to those, he also uh, started rediscovering activities he used to love and feel passion for, um, such as cooking and painting and, um, you know, that he couldn't physically do before. Um, and the day before he left, he came to our office and um I also noticed he was a bit misty eyed. Mm -hmm. um, he handed me a painting and that he had made and said, if it was not for all the hard work during therapy, he would have never been able to paint this picture. Um, he told me that he never thought he would be doing the things that he loved so much again, um, but would continue to make sure that he put himself um, as a top priority. 
Hashtag so. self-care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, that you're both healers. And it seems to me that many of our clients come to us and they, they need to believe what's possible. And I don't, mm-hmm. it sounds like sometimes we just don't believe that these things are possible and doable. And um, I'm, uh, I'm grateful to both of you for uh, being with me today and talking about uh, the work you do. Um, I thank you so much for it. And um, uh, we're out of time, so we do have to say goodbye. But um, again, uh, you know, blessings uh, for both of you. Um, just wonderful people. And you do a wonderful, wonderful job. Um, I know that when we speak, uh, when we talk to people, to our uh, clients about in education, uh, a key part of resilience is meaning. Is my life meaningful? And I think you help people return to that, to their Mm -hmm. ministries, to find a meaningful and fruitful life. And as Christ told us, came to give us uh, a life of abundance. So thank you both very much for being with us today. Thanks, You're Mary. Thank you, you take care. Yeah, take care. You've been listening to the Wellness Journey podcast. I hope today's topic, the road to wellness, an interview with Megan Dunn and Lisa Rossi, proves useful to you. You can find all our podcasts and get additional information and resources for clergy and religious by visiting our website at sjvcenter.org. We are the St. John Miami Center, and our mission is you.